Hi, everyone, and welcome to 21 Questions, the podcast where we tackle 21 big questions about life, faith, and Christianity in about 20 minutes during 2021. That is right. My name is Rich Jones. I'm a pastor at Living Rock Church and have been for the last 16 or so years. And this is my good friend and colleague, fellow pastor Mike Shooter. And uh, it's a joy to be with you today. It is indeed. And in fact, the whole series of 21 Questions is available on our YouTube channel, Living Rock Church. You can also get audio versions of this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Just search for 21 Questions or you can head to our website. But all the links you can ever need want or desire about 21 questions will all be in our description below so you can head there and just click through we are now into episode eight so there's loads of content for you to go back and look at and we are doing this week our first of two parts our first ever two-parter very exciting (laughs) on some topics that we covered uh briefly back at the beginning of the series many many moons ago and um we we sort of touched on some science aspects and made some statements but we always knew we wanted to come back and cover them in a bit more detail because They're, they're a huge thing when it comes to faith for a lot of people. Um, and so during these two parts, we are going to tackle God versus science. Who wins? Uh, the first of which uh, today we'll look at more like the origins of the universe and cosmology. And in the next um Uh, episode will look more at life in the universe and biology so they should be a lot of fun i do like that little kind of description god versus science who wins you know reminds me of (laughs) harry hill emmerdale or eastenders which is better there's only way to find out fight because as we said when we talked about i think it was in the proof that god exists talked a bit about science pointing to god um don't believe that science and faith or, uh, and religion are sort of at loggerheads two tribes going to war as it were no no they're often two sides of the same coin rather it's, yeah i think true science is noble and it's pursuing something and wanting to find out the truth which is out there and yeah, as they discover more and more they will um uncover and reveal aspects about god and um we talked about this last time referred to a german theoretical physicist and a pioneer of quantum mechanics a man who knew a lot more about cosmology and than we do and talking today man yeah. called Werner heisenberg but he said the first gulp from the glass of natural sciences will turn you into an atheist but god is waiting for you at the bottom of the glass and um of course science is such a vast subject yeah. uh, the depths of study and learning that's gone on for centuries is phenomenal yeah. and um as we've said the pursuit of science is noble it's improved overall the quality of life um for men and women all over the world and um you know the thought that we've been able to come up with a for example a vaccination to the covid pandemic in such a short space of time wouldn't have happened without the pioneering work of, of scientists yeah and uh, just to kind of make more of a point about Christianity and science not being at loggerheads. Many of the men and women who brought about large, big advances in sciences, in mathematics and astronomy and chemistry, biology, physics, were all inspired by one kind of overarching principle, which is that since the universe was created by a rational creator using rational rules and laws, to re- uh, then um, rational creatures could, if you like, un unveil or reveal its secrets using reason and observation as yeah. a paraphrase from a, an american sociologist called rodney stark but the point is that because they believed there was a god that was what inspired them to pursue science and to pursue reason and observation which is what science is all about and um 
I think that science is wonderful about helping us to understand how things have come about, how things are the way that they are, to help us understand maybe how we're here and um, how we advance and how we progress. Um, whereas I think religion, faith, maybe philosophy is much more about the why. So, you know, I, I, there's a story that John Lennox, a um, an Oxford math, uh, lecturer and mathematician told, he said, there's a, a chemistry teacher who stood at the front of the class and she asked the question, why is the water boiling? And when a keen little boy puts his hand up and says, miss, I know it's because uh, the thermal energy in the element of the kettle is causing the particles of H2O to become agitated. And as they um, move around due to thermal energy, they bubble and shift from a liquid to a gas, from water to steam. And that's why the water is boiling. And the teacher smiles, but she shakes her head and she says, no, that's not why it's boiling. It's mm -hmm. boiling because I want a cup of tea. Mm. And, you know, the, the first one is the how. The little boy had the how answer and she was asking for the why answer. And they're both um, answering the same question with different answers and they're both right. Yeah. And so I think that's maybe a helpful way for us to understand our view on, on science and on faith, our science and inverted commas religion. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, today we will pick up some more stuff about um, cosmology, as we said, and the origins of the universe and what actually where, where that all comes from yeah great fantastic um and i think it's it's a really important point um to consider um that before you take the step to say who the creator is which obviously as christians we believe that's god mm -hmm. th there is a step further back that you can take um to say well is there a creator at all Mm. So I, I think science will always point um, uh, to kind of the possibilities of how things came about. But like you said, the whys, we don't know. But but in the hows, um, there's a lot of evidence to say that there is some sort of like intelligent design behind yeah. what we experience and um, and the creation of the universe and life. And, and sometimes, uh, so I had a, a physics teacher at GCSE level, and um, I, I wasn't an okay science student, but I wasn't a Christian at the time. But one of the things that she pointed out, and she wasn't a Christian herself, but right. she talked about the fact that for her, her exploration of physics had shown to her that the, 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 there's a very strong possibility that there was some sort of a creator. Mm. And I always found that quite helpful. And, and it sticks in my memory because it was probably the first experience that I had of faith and science not being put in like opposing camps yeah and um, it opened my idea uh, my mind to the idea that the the two could potentially work together and like i said yeah. at the time i'm not a christian i don't have any faith um but it was just something that i remember and sticks in my mind as a significant moment when it came to science and uh, and i think that's really uh, an important point is that the two don't have to push against each other they can no, be two sides right. of the same coin and, and complement each other really well yeah. And I mean, I was a Christian growing when I was at school, I grew up in a Christian home. So for me, I had faith at a young age, belief in a young age, and I believed in creation. But I also knew that that wasn't being taught in school. That wasn't being taught at GCSE or A level. We were taught about evolution. We were talking yeah. talk about the Big Bang. And I was interested to hear this perspective and to at least understand those Definitely. views um, without being dismissive or disrespectful because they're legitimate theories to try and explain something that's been observed. And, um, you know, we we were therefore taught about the Big Bang, taught about evolution, as I've said, and, um, you know, pioneers like uh, the Belgian Catholic priest and cosmologist uh, Georges Lemaitre, who um, 
was inspired by the discoveries of Edwin Hubble about the universe expanding. And so for Georges Lemaitre, he reasoned that therefore the universe must be expanding from, from a single point. You know, it started and it's expanding from there, which to him, he, he called it the primordial atom, I think it was, which very quickly became named the Big Bang. Yeah. Um, which is again, it's it, it's interesting. It was a Catholic priest that actually came up with this concept of something yeah, yeah, yeah. that's been leveled again to be anti-faith. But he was again saying, "Well, there was a beginning, and I believe God was at the beginning. And so, where did where did we all come from? You know." Yeah, and when it comes to our kind of curriculum and what we'll have all learned and that kind of thing, that added then to the observations of Charles Darwin who yeah. in the mid nineteenth century put forward his theory on the origins of life on this planet. Mm -hmm. And for the past hundred years, this has been taught as scientific fact in schools, in universities, documentaries, and 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 books. And I'm well aware that as creationists, we often get immediately written off as naive <laughs> or thick or at least ill-informed. Yeah. Um, and if you feel that way about creationism, fair enough, but please don't switch off because um, it would be worth sticking around and seeing actually if there is some scientific evidence to point to, like, like I said earlier, some form of a creator, whoever you believe that creator to be. Yeah. And I, I think one of the challenges we've got is that everybody, because of our education system, has a basic understanding of science because we've mm. we've all learned it in some way shape or form but the reality is that science is actually ever moving and ever changing the idea of the big bang is developed and changed it's it's um kind of disregarded in some circles and then celebrated in others evolution has massive varieties and variations mm. in its actual application and I think we all have this idea of science that we learn at one point in time, but actually mm. if you follow the discipline, you realize that actually it's an ever-changing um, set of theories. Yeah. You know, when, when I go into schools and I kind of go into some RE lessons, I get asked questions as a, as a, a leader of a church. One of the first questions is, so you don't believe in evolution then? And my question <laughs> is, well, what is evolution? What is the title of it? And barely any of the kids in school can say, the theory of evolution, which is yeah. the title of the topic, because it's yeah, a theory. Yeah. And although yeah. there's some evidences for it, but you you still have to place your faith in something. You, yeah, you have to take a step at some point. And so yeah. I, I think we just have to be aware that science is maybe a bit more flexible than we would necessarily assume it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but what is science saying at the moment? I think that's a really helpful place to start all this and, and go from there. Yeah. And I think, as we talked about with George Lemaitre, he wanted to know about the origins of the universe and and really what he discovered and described in the 1920s hasn't changed a huge amount. Um, I know that the, the terms that have been used in the scientific world and some scientists are not particularly keen on terms like and phrases like singularity and the Big Bang, and I get that, they're quite potentially clumsy or, or misnomers, but the word singularity, for example, is is used to define essentially whatever there was at the beginning um, when the universe was either non-existent or the precursor to what formed a, a super dense, compressed, um, super hot, tiny, scaled down universe, you know, what, whatever it was before that point, they just, nobody knows. And, um, and I think that's really important, you know, that there's no, nobody is laying, putting their hand up and saying, I know what was there because mm -hmm. nobody was there. It was yeah. that, we can't observe that stuff. And yeah. And so, for scientists, they're saying this is 13.7 billion years ago that essentially, one way or another, something emerged from nothing. Um, and, you know, this kind of energy coming from nothing, something coming from nothing is called quantum uncertainty. <clears throat> and this singularity then is 
has then create produced something um, that scientists then describe as the Big Bang. Although um, I'm sure many scientists would say it's not an explosion; rather, it's a rapid expansion of something that was scaled down and more condensed and compressed. Um, and therefore, they don't like the term Big Bang either because it just sounds like there was a, a random explosion. But yeah. um, I think ultimately, all of this, all of these theories are based on scientific models, um, and they are respected as science's best explanations of our origins of the universe at the moment exactly um and 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 everybody would say that you know this is what we've observed and this is what we're measuring this is what we think um but nobody was there nobody could actually measure that whether you're a, a christian or otherwise mm -hmm. and and i think okay there's there's that element and then there's let's look at where we are today um here we are chatting away you and i on a yeah. planet with amazing technology um we can think for ourselves we have self-consciousness we have amazing physical bodies even if we say so ourselves <laughs> you know, everybody does um that we are minute like we're small on the earth the earth is small within the, the solar system the solar system is small within the, the milky way the milky way is small within the universe you know we are yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely tiny and and from these chemical reactions and um, the, these these things that were going on uh, chemically, somehow living organisms were produced from yeah. non-living chemicals. And again, I think there there are some hurdles that we've all got to jump. No yeah. matter which where, where you stand on on this, what you believe, whether you believe you're a complete atheist or whether you totally believe in God as a creator, there are still hurdles to jump. There are still we still have to put our faith in something, yeah. Um, and you know that, and and therefore you've you've kind of got to put your faith in. Okay, well, something came from nothing, yeah. Um, either that, or God is infinite, or the universe is in infinite. But there's still a leap of faith to choose which of those things you believe in. Yeah. Um, then there's the challenges around if if there's a if there's an ex an explosion or or a rapid stretching of a of a smaller scale down universe to, to the universe we have now that's continuing to expand. And I think it's actually accelerating. The expansion of the universe is accelerating that, that the potential for chaos is vast. And yet here we are in an ordered universe with mathematical and physical rules and laws that, that work, that are constant. Yeah. Um, and that rather than in a, a totally chaotic and, um, an environment that's unable to support life instead actually life has begun and has continued so that's your third issue yeah and i think that's an important issue because often we, we've got to make sure that we we kind of follow through these rules and these um attitudes in all of creation so there's nowhere else in creation that if it's left if something is left untended and unsupervised it somehow order orders itself in some beautiful <laughs> way actually like if i leave my garden it becomes yeah. chaos everything's um, prone to entropy absolutely like that's just it, that's there yeah exactly so why why do we see that in all of creation in all of um in all of nature and science mm. we see chaos in the absence of order and kind of um construction yeah and yet we assume that in the beginning everything somehow came into order from chaos it it, it doesn't it's, it's quite hard to jump that hurdle and, and like I say whatever discipline whatever you believe there's always hurdles there's always a place of okay now mm. I'm putting my faith in this 
description, whether it's science, whether it's God, whatever it is. But there yeah. are some, there, there are as many questions for science to answer as there are for faith. And we'll um, pick up some more of those in the next one, a little bit more about some of the um, the statistical kind of likelihood yeah, yeah. of us being in a in an ordered universe, really. And we'll pick up a little bit about that in the next one. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, really, the Bible kind of sums this up, and it and the Bible simply puts it as: in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the Bible's opening gambit. That's that's <laughs> what the Bible sets out. And it yeah. doesn't try to explain the whys. Uh, the, sorry, the hows. It explains the whys. Yes. Um, and that the why is God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Bible's not a scientific handbook. No. <clears throat> uh, it's, it's exploring the whys more than the hows. Absolutely right. And, and Genesis 1 is a poem. Yeah. Uh, it's a poem of creation. It's a poem of the origins of absolutely everything. And it does it incredibly eloquently and succinctly and in a real kind of a smart order if you like and just that opening sentence of the bible like what you just said in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth is the opening line of the bible and it's like god's sort of statement of intent almost because in there you've got in the beginning which speaks of time god created the heavens and the earth space and matter and those things are what scientists kind of measure and consider as terms of measurement time space and and, and matter and then this 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 phraseology you know in in the beginning god denies atheism that says there is no god and it denies polytheism that says there are multiple gods yeah so the beginning god created that deals with fatalism that we're here by chance because actually you know there was an intentional creating that god did yeah. and it denies evolution which is this process of infinite becoming because actually there was a point of creation and in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth you know the heaven speaks of the universe if you like and that denies pantheism, which says God and the universe are one. You know, that kind of new age view that's very prevalent at the moment. Oh, massive. And, and also materialism, God created the earth, because which says that matter is all that matters, you know, and um, mm -hmm. the infinite, uh, um, that, that matter is infinite. When actually saying, you know, there, there was a beginning, God was there, he's the infinite one, and he created these things. Yeah. And, yeah. and, even if you took that stamp of saying, okay, well, the universe is 14 billion years old and we are tiny, the observable universe, which is already massive, they reckon the actual universe is probably at least 20 times larger than the observable universe. Yeah. It's vast. <laughs> you look at us, our life's, our lifespan within, and, and our size physically in the scale of the universe and over the scale of time, we could become very, very insignificant. Life really could be boiled down to the physical chemicals that make us up that's our worth but genesis 1 doesn't allow us to think that way because genesis 1 tells us that in spite of this incredible universe and this incredible earth and the incredible animals and creatures that are in it god created mankind separately to those things that we are unique that we're the pinnacle of his creation and that he made us to have a relationship with him and so therefore it gives human life this incredible sense of value significance importance it separates us from every other creature every other animal on the planet and that's a christian perspective that's really really important yes yeah. the value of human life and and being made in the image of god for christians that keeps humans as separate to part of the evolutionary process yeah that's why it really matters to us so i just want to kind of just throw that out there in closing really 
Yeah, that's really helpful. And I think that that's a kind of a nice um, way to wrap things up uh, for this episode now. Um, and like we say, next time we will look into a bit more of the kind of life in the universe and um, uh, and biology rather than the origins of it. And I hope today, ultimately, what we've done is provoke some questions. We, Like we said, we, we can't explore everything science has to offer on these topics um, in 20 minutes. But I think for me, it's, it's at least... Um, maybe asking some questions yep. that open up a way of thinking and considering maybe what we think we know um, that actually we probably know in a little bit less detail than we think we do because we've, we've done GCSE science. And, yeah. and for me, that was, that was a real reality is experiencing those things and realizing there's a lot more to science than I first realized. Um, I think I probably enjoyed science a little bit more retrospectively than I maybe did at the time, but um, hopefully we'll be back next time we'll explore some of those things together again and just to say thank you for joining us today and uh, we'll see you in the next episode yeah thanks for watching